With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to another show from the Glasgow's Green Podcast, a.k.a. GigPod. It's episode 18, and it's the post-match review of this afternoon's game at Ibrox, where Rangers ran out 1-0 winners to extend their lead at the top of the table to 19 points. A man who saw this coming is with myself, Stevie, on today's episode. It's Rizzo who's back in the co-hosting role. John, I assume you're looking forward to the darts to get over this. Yes, I'm uh, really looking forward to that. First of all, Happy New Year to, uh, to all the listeners. I'm looking forward to the dark side. That'll be more fun, a hundred times more fun than the day's performance. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to go into it then? We'll talk about the performance later. Just want to get your shoot on this one. So, look, John, we're 19 points behind. Forget games in hand at this point. Yes. Let's just focus on that number. Is the league now done? Yes. I just don't trust the Celtic team. They're going to run. Well, we had to win the day, and by all accounts... And any other day, we would have scored, we would have got a result. It didn't happen today, and that's just football. But ultimately, that number, 19, it's, it's a mountain to climb now. And I'm trying to even think of ways to see how we can claw that back. But even if we do, I mean, it's it's out with their hands. It's all about what Rangers do now, and that's what we didn't want. Wouldn't he win off three games in hand, and it's down to 10 points, right? Then, wouldn't he beat them twice, and then rely on them dropping points in two more games and I think they've only got 16 games left so they'd need to drop points in four more, a quarter of their games and this season I think they've dropped points twice it's just, I can't see it happening they've got three away matches coming up in January they have to play Aberdeen in eight days that's at Pataudry that's on Sunday and if they win that they then go 22 points clear before we play Hibs <laughs> at home they then play Motherwell a week after that. They're at home to Ross County. And then the Easter Road and Hibs recently have been utterly garbage. Now, if we beat them today, the pressure would have been right on them. Losing at Ibrox today to us, going to Pataudry um, after a, the first defeat of the season uh, and, and the pressure building on them. Now, 
they can go to that game at Pataudry after today thinking, well, and they can probably afford a slip-up or two now. I've already said we play Hibs. I don't know why this double-header's concerning me, but Livingston are in form, right, and we've got to go and play them at the Anthony Macaroni Superdome, and that's on the 20th of January. It's a quarter-past eight kickoff, and you know what that's like there. And this Celtic team on that type of pitch against that Livingston team who look as if they're getting their act together. They won 3-0 to the Eastern Road. That's a game I'm no confident in and I can see drop points here. Steve, they've won the last seven games in a row in all competitions. That's what I'm saying, under David fit and proper Martindale. I think we should get him in to replace Lenny because he obviously knows what it takes to get results. <laughs> we could easily drop points here. We're notorious for dropping points here. I don't want to make it the Rangers. as a blue podcast. I mean, I'm just looking at the fixtures now. I think the only hard ones, really, are Aberdeen away next week, and then Livingston away uh, at the end of February, after they play Antwerp. But Motherwell away, I don't think it's hard. Motherwell are pretty crap in the new. They get humped off Hamilton today. Hibs the new are in a right bad run. I don't know, maybe they'll draw with Aberdeen next week, because Aberdeen only playing that bad. But I don't really think it'll matter, and I think Emden it thinks it's still a prospect. It's sadly deluding herself, and I don't think I think really since look since we were on that terrible run, it's been really over since then. And I think we've all been kidding ourselves on that we were going to go to Ibrooks, and then they would crumble. Let's discuss this one now. If it's a post-match review, did Lenny get his tactics right? Uh, yes, bizarrely enough, and he picked the right team as well, which was shocking to me. I was thinking last night, he'll bring Brown back. Brown was never going to come in that team. A lot of people were working themselves in a shoe over that. There was no chance, after Soro against Dundee United, no chance uh, Brown was getting in that team. I don't know, for some reason I just thought, look, this is the, this is the last stand, Brown's last stand, one last one last hurrah at Ibrooks. But then he didn't pick him. I had the catastrophe really about Julian getting injured and apparently he's going to be for three or four months, uh, Lennon said today. So that was a real blow, not having him. And of course, Beaton had to play with dreadful circumstances. I actually had been playing well right back. He moved to centre back and he was brilliant today. He was one of your best players. Him and uh, Sorrow were fantastic. And you have to say, for the first half, we were excellent. I don't want to like, I mean, go overboard, but it's one of our most dominant displays against this Rangers or the old Rangers at Ibrooks for years. We were, for the first. 45 minutes, especially, we were brilliant. The one problem was we didn't score. And, I mean, that save for that wonderful guy, McGregor, from Griffiths, was brilliant. Unless I'm forgetting one, that save for Griffiths was our last shot on target, and that was in the 21st minute. So, for all we dominated the first half, and we did, we didn't really create that many chances. And then, the start of the second half, they made a change, it was much more even. We were still slightly on top, and then Beaton had that brain fart, a just ridiculous decision, and then one I didn't have any faith at all that we'd be able to hold it or even win it. We appeared to get our shape spot on, and you could tell that Rangers midfield were stifled. I would say that Rangers really missed uh, the tenacity of Scott Arfield. I said that in the preview pod with Sean, it was obvious that he was missing. They had no driving runs for midfield, but that also was down to the fact that Sorrow mopped up a lot of the loose balls and they let like McGregor and Christie force themselves more in the game um, in an advanced position and Rangers were trying to like string passes together but 
we just kept breaking up the play so so well and the diamond allowed us to leave two up front and I noticed that any time we left Edward and Griffiths up front when we got the ball Rangers were dropping far far deeper and I think Tavernier and Barisic weren't bombing up like they usually do because they were actually uh, supporting the defence more so I would agree that Lennon got his tactics right it, it was a team that we wanted to see for, for all that Laxalt's final ball let him down I didn't think he actually played that badly I don't think anybody in the team was was awful if I'm really honest I don't think we were awful today I would have made subs far sooner and that's what I'm going to talk about now because if we get into the substitutes one of the key things is when we went down to 10 men before at Ibrox we had Brendan Rodgers who immediately sussed Rangers out we went down to 10 men and we adapted with a game plan here we went down to 10 men and pretty much instantly we went 1-0 down but the subs that were made when El Hamid came on for Christie I, I was mystified at that and then when Duffy came on for Griffiths I'm like Celtic with 10 men are bad enough at times but with 10 men with Duffy in that defence against a Rangers team who hit their backs up I was just fearing the worst and, and Duffy wasn't impressive though at all I mean you're looking for him to come in shore up the defence bring a bit of calmness and it was anything but John I mean I don't think we'll be able to end the loan deal now especially if Julian's going to boot for months so I think we're going to have him at Celtic Park for the rest of the season. One of the things we always said about this game was we had to be smart on our play and we were anything but after we went down to 10 men. No, it was sort of substitutions you'd have made if you wanted to like do damage limitations, no concede more goals. <laughs> this is like an awful lot of podcasts where we're lost for words about Celtic's ineptitude since we've come back. But I mean, I've still kind of got over the first half really how dominant we were. I think I sort of rated Rangers more highly than they are because they're sort of like relentlessly won so many games and like only drawing points even when they're playing poorly and I was fearing that we might end up like losing 2 or 3 one or something but we probably are if we're on a good day just as good a team as him but unfortunately the results haven't shown that and we're miles and miles behind and that really was a missed opportunity today I mean you can't dominate like you do at the home of your biggest rivals and no find the back of the net and that is the worst thing about it. It's a missed opportunity and we've just sort of tossed away the league in the bloody second of January. I thought one of the key things that we learned though was that a lot of people were always saying at the start of the season you can't just get rid of the captain and or you can't just get rid of Scott Brown that he's in Pires and all that for us. But I think today goes to show that Celtic will be just fine without Scott Brown. And another thing I would say is that Lee Griffiths all-round game when it comes to a match against like a top six team when you've got to st- make a step up from your Hamiltons and Ross Counties, I don't think Lee Griffiths is the answer. And apart from a brilliant effort, and as you said earlier, McGregor's save was just world-class. Griffiths didn't offer much more, um, and he was just generally disappointing for us. And it now leaves me thinking, long-term, I very much doubt that he's going to have a future with us at the club. I'm not sure really, because I don't think that uh, Eddie's got a long-term future with I know you said that you don't think MD really played that bad, but I don't think Edward was good at all. It was like, crowded out a lot, but... He was so unlucky, John, with that effort, though. McGregor made a great save in the first minute as well. He was dead unlucky with it. It was a brilliant save. Okay, I know, but he sort of fell out the game after that. He's... You do have to credit Conor Goldson, who I th- thought played very well against them. And before the game, I was saying on the account on Twitter that I felt the fact that they didn't have Philip Hollander there because I feel Goldson and Hollander is our most solid partnership. 
But Balogun came in, and I think at one point in the second half made an amazing slide tackle on Edward, and we things like that where Rangers just don't look like conceding, and any time they went forward, you were feeling it with us, but generally they, they didn't impress me, they really didn't. I don't think they're that good, which is so galling about this, that we're 19 points behind and it's only January 2nd. I mean, if we'd just done what we should have done a couple of weeks ago and uh, sacked Lennon, then we could have saved it, but... Well, actually, I think Lennon should have got sacked after French Barrows, but they would never going to do that. But uh, just on Sorrow for a second, he is brilliant. I mean, that's why I'm still confident about Celtic's future. I mean, there's a nucleus of a good team there, and if we build it around Sorrow, obviously the league's not finished yet, technically, but I mean, if we build the team around Sorrow, he can uh, help lead us to win the league back next season, if, of course, we don't want this season, because he is brilliant. I mean, of course, the wonderful referee did book him. I suppose he did deserve to get booked, but... I thought Sorrow was fantastic. Easily one of your best players of the day. He wasn't overawed, and yeah. he is the guy that we can build this team around for years to come. Yeah, I think Sorrow was excellent. I thought Ayer was probably the only thing that annoyed me with Ayer was the thing that annoys me every time when where he celebrates after making a <laughs> successful tackle. And, and I'm like, and it was no out the time, and I'm like, they can easily score for this corner or something, mate. Calm down. And as it turned out, they scored like 10 minutes later. Wee things like that just annoy me with Ayer. But he was good. He was really, really good today. Yeah, I know Edward had a frustrating game, right? But generally, we'll be weaker without him. That's the reality. He's a brilliant player deep down. And some of his touches today, like his hold-up play, the bit where I think Barkash lumped it high up the pitch and he just took a brilliant touch and Barisic fouled him. It was quite early in the second half. Just amazing. You wouldn't see Griffiths doing that. Do you think that anybody will leave Celtic in January now that our chances of winning the league are severely diminished? Well, I thought in October, guys like Cham, Aya and Edward were going to be leaving when there was no Champions League football. When you factor that into the to our disastrous Europa League run, as well as the fact that the league now looks done, I think we're going to have a couple of players departing. But I just wonder who. We're not going to get a goalkeeper in. Neil Lennon's already said he's happy with the keeper. And do you know what? Barkas was fine today. I don't think there was any problems there. And I think going forward with Barkas, we should just stick with him. But in terms of departures... I think if the right offer comes in for Edward, um, he could be away. I think Christie potentially as well, because he's not going to be signing any contracts. And I think Cham and Cham is definitely going to be off as well. That's my shoot prediction. So if we're going to say, I think Ayer will stay at the end of the season. Though. I think in Cham will leave 90% sure. I mean, I've not heard anything. I just think that. And I think if we've got a good offer for Christie, we'll sell him. Because I think he's a great player, but he just drives you mad at times with a ridiculous Port shots it takes. I mean, two today in the first half, and there was no need for them. I know, and we were in great positions as well. There was loads of teammates beside them. Uh-huh, and it just gives Rangers a breather because it lets it takes all the pressure off them, and they got to waste like a good thirty seconds with a goal kick, things like that with Christie, where they just the momentum breaks down. And again, it wasn't even that terrible today. His decision making was awful, but generally, I thought he was still a threat, and that was the most frustrating thing. But I think if we get an offer for him, we should take it. And he'll probably want, he'll probably see what his pals for the Scotland team are earning down in England and think, well, I'll fancy someone. And I don't think he wants to sign a new contract either. So it'd be a loss. But if we got offered like something like over 10 million, then I think we'd sell him. I don't think we'll get anywhere near that. I'd, I'd imagine for Christie, between maybe five and seven, we'll get. What about Edward? I don't know. I'm worried that his value might have dropped because. He's not been that good this season. He's only been good in fits and starts. I mean, I don't know if like teams will be eager to spend big money now because of the the financial implications of the virus ongoing. I don't think we'll sell Eddie. I mean, 
think we'll probably hold on to him until the summer, and I think in the summer he'll definitely leave. I think there'll be huge changes to Celtic in the summer, but that's for a, a future podcast. I mean, if I can get back on to talking about the present, and the reality is sending off did change the game. Did you think it was a red card? Unfortunately, I did. Even though there's no guarantee Morelos would have scored. In fact, he probably would have missed it. That's the annoying part. Morelos would have just blasted that against Barkas or something. I mean, we weren't playing brilliant at that point, but we were still probably slightly the better team. And I know people are going to know, like, it was always going to happen today. I mean, no, you don't do things like that to give the referee an option to make that happen. You don't do a rugby tackle on a Rangers player when he's, like, 35 yards or 30 yards, like... Own goal, and there's the other only other Celtic defender is like miles is a bit behind. You don't do daft decisions like that. It was just unfathomably stupid decision. Well, watching it in real time earlier on today, as Neil Lennon would famously say, my heart sank because as soon as I saw Madden running over, I just thought, nah, this is a red, and he's off. And when he just took it out of his back pocket, turned away, head in hand, and thought, oh, here we go. At the time, there was a show of defiance from me. I think it was a debatable shout because I thought Aya was still coming over to mop up um, and it looked in real time as if it was a red, but when I've seen it in the replays and everything, I just don't know how clear the goal-scoring opportunity was. But at the same time, the real blame is with Beaton. He was stupid and he gave him such an easy excuse. And I have to say, I think that uh, Madden sent off, uh, I think, McCrory for Rangers in a similar foul. Mm-hmm. I think he'd done it on uh, Dembele in the Scottish Cup semi a few years ago. It was the exact same foul. Mm-hmm. I think Dembele was sort of maybe further out. No, neither goal, but it was the same thing. He was like coming in for the side. McCrory it was fouled him, and it was a penalty in the red card. So he's gave the decisions before. I was going to say I can't believe it, but then Selic have a habit of doing that this season, shooting ourselves in the foot. So maybe it isn't a surprise, but it did change the game. And we didn't recover. So, John, you said a narrow defeat here today wouldn't change anything and Neil Lennon would still be in a job no matter what. Now, people say that he set us up fine today and we bodied Rangers, but in the end, we've lost. And we've laughed at Rangers fans who claimed a moral victory after losing to us in the past despite dominating games. So I want to ask, is this now our role? We could have been in a better position if the likes of Sorrow and Turnbull had been set up in this team a lot earlier in the season, meaning a defeat today wouldn't have been as damaging. Now, Neil Lennon has to take the rap for this, but do you still think it's the case that Neil Lennon will be in a job no matter what by the time we play Hibs? Of course. They're not going to Dubai tonight. There's no way he's getting sacked after that today. If we'd get humped today, like 4 or 5 nothing, I'm... 70-30 he'd get sacked but no way is he going to get sacked after that if we drop more points in the next few games maybe that'll finally be it and you'll get sacked but no way after the night I mean the, the way we played in the first four or five minutes we can and we can go in with the referee's decision which Lennon did after the game and I wish he hadn't no he's still going to be there there's been nothing for it as far as I know there's been nothing for the board about it I don't expect there'll be anything for the board about it they're all going to Dubai tonight which I think is a bad idea for numerous reasons, but the squad are gone there. Um, we're not playing again until next Monday, as you said, and Neil Lennon will still be Celtic manager next Monday. I can't see any way that he won't be the manager. And if I was having a bet, and I'm a bet, I'm a betting man, I'd say it's about even money that he's he'll be manager until the end of the season. Until the end of the season, I don't think we'll get rid of him. Well, I agree. I just wanted to ask you. 
to get your consistency on it. So it's good that you didn't do a flip flop or anything there, John. The integrity of this podcast stands up no matter what. Now, today we lost to the Rangers. Nowhere near the best. Today they grinded out a win. They kept a clean sheet. And you know what? They didn't even manage to get a shot on target. I said after it that this was their version of that League Cup final game. They were much more dominant. They had far more shots in goal. I think, as I said, like, our last shot on target was like the 21st minute. I think they had shots on target for nearly the entire first half. And they still had shots on target in the second half. Look at the save uh, Big Foster made for Morelos. They were more dominant that day. I mean, it's the best we've played against Rangers for a while, probably since Lennon came back, and we'll still get beat. Oh no, in fact, I take that back. We played well in the 2-0 win last September, but that was a sort of a weird uh, setup. We sort of just kept men behind the ball and didn't attack and hitting the break, but it was a brilliant, brilliant result. But this was probably overall the best performance, and unfortunately, we didn't win. I don't know, I always said, I meant to bring this up, I always said I thought 1 in 10 in a row was going to be much harder than everybody thought, because nobody's ever done it before. Like, we've never done it before, Rangers, the old Rangers have never done it before. And I think people thinking that we're just going to win it no bother were, I don't know, a bit deluded. And unfortunately, it has proven to be very hard to win 10 in a row. So if you don't agree that today was their version of that League Cup final game, would you say it was more a throwback to like a Tommy Burns-Walter Smith game where McGregor was in the Gorham role then? Eh, possibly more. That's more like I. Although, again, in the games, we I can always remember squandering much more chances and more like guilt-edged chances than we did eh, the day. I mean, that save today was a brilliant save, but you can't say today we missed any sitters. And I think like under the time that Toy Burns was a manager, we missed like mere sitters. And that didn't happen. We like, created a lot more chances. That didn't happen today. But it was about a throwback and uh, were Mills behind Rangers, unfortunately. There was a game in February 2001 where we were battered all game by Rangers. Even when they went down to 10 men, I think Fernando Rickson got sent off. We won the game. Alan Thompson scored. Uh, it was a huge step towards the title. Do you remember that particular match? Uh, I do. I think Thompson scored in like the first 15 minutes. It was like, I think Larson had a shot and it was deflected in his path and he scored. Yeah. Do you remember much about it though? Because see, that today where we had all of the ball in that first half and again in the second half we were generally comfortable. That's what it felt like for me. But it was more the aftermath of it, of how pivotal that the win was for us that day in February 2001. Like Rangers looked demoralised after it. They put everything in it. It was probably the best they played for like a few weeks leading up until that game and they still lost and we weren't anywhere near our best they were nowhere near their best today we put everything into that game and yet get nothing out of it and I'm wondering how demoralised the players are sort of going to be after that for the rest of the season now I just don't know how they're going to react because very few of the players have been in a situation like this before it's only Brown and Forrest right? Scott Brown definitely and Forrest it's probably a stretch because he broke in in the 10-11 season, really. And we were brilliant that year and we were in the second half of it anyway. I mean, it was sort of, be about Celtic like the season before, like you still be at the club, I would imagine, like under Tony Mulberry. But I mean, it's only really Brown that knows what it's like to be in a Celtic team that's got like, no a lot to play for. And even then, I don't think we were 19 points behind in January. Well, okay, even 10 if we win our games in hand, it's still double figures. I just don't know how they're going to react, really. I mean, 
you're hoping that it's going to galvanise them to go on a run, but will it make even a difference if we go on a run? I mean, we might win the Scottish Cup. I'm sure that'd be a good way to end the season, but it's not going to make up for if we don't win the league. What do you think? How do you think they'll respond? In terms of personnel, it's quite interesting to see who's going to be brought in, John, because I think Neil Lennon is going to have to look at a defender after that Julian news. So that's the first part of how we're going to plan ahead for that, because that is a blow. We can't rely on Shane Duffy at the back, and he's going to be in regardless now because Beaton's going to have a suspension. But I think we're going to react all right. The majority of the teams that we play in that league, John, they're there for the taking, and we've got better players than them, but more equipped to deal with just about any situation than the rest of these teams. But what I just worry about now is the psychological factor of games now against Rangers. So say Rangers do drop points, right? And say we do claw it back, we win our games in hand. And all of a sudden, before we know it, there's maybe six or seven points in it and it's coming down to the two games against Rangers. We've not scored against them now. For one of the games, we didn't have a shot in target against them. We lost today... <laughs> Well, they had no shots in target. So, mentally, I just worry about our next game against them. Rangers will come to Celtic Park. The pitch is going to be in a lot better condition. They'll be able to zip it about more. And generally, they'll be full of confidence when the players, I think, because they know what way we're going to set up. So, again, that's just what I worry about. It's not about the rest of the teams, like Aberdeen, Hibs, Livingston and all that, despite the fact that we can't take fucking Livingston for granted. I just worry about the next games against Rangers and it's so depressing because as we saw today they aren't this all-conquering side whatsoever. It's just gotten that we're in this position and I'm, I'm talking about it now because I'm glad we didn't do an immediate reaction because I was utterly, utterly gutted a few hours ago and I still am fucking upset about it but I'm nowhere near as bad as what I was a few hours ago simply because I couldn't see any positives but I do, I think sorrow is a huge positive if we can keep Christopher Iyer, that's a huge positive. If we can hopefully get Barkas brimming with confidence again and showing that he's a goalkeeper he's capable of being, that'll be great. And if for some reason we can have Odds and Edward firing the way he was last year, that'd be amazing and all. But it's all just a big if now because it's going to be a mysterious month for us. We don't know who's coming in. We don't know who's coming out. And until we know what our personnel changes are going to be like after these results as well that should take care of ourselves in January, it's really hard to say. So ask me that again in February. Let's see where we are. Let's see where, unfortunately, Rangers are. And I think we can only take this one week at a time, but I hope that's a satisfactory answer for you. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, we just don't know how they're going to fair against Rangers when we play them again it's like they've got the, the sign over us like we used to have against them when Rodgers was a manager like even though they did get some draws but we gave them some like heavy defeats and we were miles better and that's the worst thing about the new they're no miles better than us they just look that way in the table so I was looking at our league fixtures in January and we've got four we've got Hibs, Livingston and Hamilton at home and Livingston away so, I mean, I would expect us to get at least 10 points for him. I don't know if we'll be at Livingston twice. No, me neither. And what would that tell us? I mean, it's just so crap that the way it's looking, the league season's going to be a write-off. How? And this biggest season for 
years that Audi was all hyped up for. It's really bad show that we're nearly at, well, we probably are at the title race and this is the end of January. I mean, the board and Lennon have got a lot to answer for. The players as well, because some of the performances, especially earlier in the season, have stunk the joint out. But the board and Lennon really have made a hash of this this season. And I would hope that I don't think the board will leave anytime soon. And I mean, I think they'll still be in charge of, and next season starts. But I would hope that Lennon won't be the manager next season. No offence, of course, to Lenny, who I will one day get a statue outside Celtic Park. <laughs> but he shouldn't be the manager next season. But then I don't think... I, I, I can't see them like doing something like announcing he's going to leave at the end of the season either. Me neither, because I think they'll cling on to the fact that they still think Rangers might collapse after Dubai. I think that's the reality. They still think Rangers are, are capable of collapsing. They think that Lennon is capable of going on a 18-game one and one like he did back in 11-12. I think that's the reality of it. They're basing it on past achievements instead of what we've seen already this season, that the Celtic team are not capable of doing that. I mean, look at the Hearts game. Look at the alarm, the arm bells there. I mean, a championship team, I know they're probably better than that in all honesty, but you shouldn't be giving up a two-goal lead to a championship team. That just, that gave me no confidence at all for the day, that performance. I mean, I know you thought we'd win and you were impressed with the recent wins and they were decent performances against Jobbers, but as soon as we struggled so badly against Hearts and what was a big game, I thought there's no way we're going to go to Ibrox and win. And unfortunately, I was right and I wish I was not. And I wish this podcast was more cheery. But see, like, I'm not making it any easier to make it cheery. You're right, though, but I'm fed up a little like a mug with a Celtic team because <laughs> I give them all this credit, I give them all this faith and I say, no, they are great players and they're capable of beating any big team in their day and then I'm just as guilty as the Celtic board, really, because I'm going with like past achievements and all that, and I'm going with the fact that they went on that winning run last season after Christmas. That's all I'm basing it on. When and maybe the Lazio game and all that as well, and the Clues game and, and Rens and that. But the reality is, they stunk the joint out at Copenhagen to borrow a phrase you would use there, John. And every time I see a Celtic team, are going to go and do the business. I constantly just look like a fucking idiot and I'm fed up with it. I'm, I'm fed up. Of, it's true. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm fed right. up with constantly overrating them and other people turn around and go, what are you seeing that we're not? And do you know what? I'm getting to the point where I'm questioning myself going, what am I seeing? I, I don't even know anymore. And I just think we're a Celtic team. Naturally, they've just been a complete and utter letdown and it goes to show that all the great performances recently, as we'd seen. Would I say it's a false dawn? No, because I think they're capable of still putting in great performances and, and beating teams and playing well, but it's the Rangers games now that just it'll fill me with dread when we play them at Celtic Park. And do you want to know the worst part about when we play them at Celtic Park next, John? What, Stevie? <laughs> it's going to be on my birthday. It is your birthday. That's right, 10 days after, uh, after mine. We're going to have a, a, a celebratory episode. <laughs> well, we have a big, well, we have a big uh, gig pod party. Just break all the rules for a laugh. Ah, well, they're socially distanced. I mean, we can uh, stand like, across each other in a street or something, like 
weave or something. I don't know. We'll get a new Lennon uh, statue above the cake made up. Sensational. Just what he deserves. <laughs> but but uh, I, I mean, I do think you overrate the team. I mean, I can understand why. Because we've won so many trophies. But you've always done that in all the years I've known you. Overrated Celtic teams. And you were going on and on about how we're going to go on a run, going to beat Rangers. And not to blow more on Trump, but, but I did say, and I said in the podcast umpteen times, one game at a time. And this Celtic team just, I don't know what's happened, but they just haven't got it this season. Maybe it is the pressure of 10 in a row. Maybe it's just bad signings. Maybe Lennon's no tactically good anymore because he has been a good manager tactically in the past. I don't want to take that away from him. And I think it's just like a perfect storm. And unfortunately, it's a season that we all hope is going to be brilliant. It's going to turn out to be crap unless there's the biggest football miracle in history. And that's probably not going to happen. You're talking about football miracles. What's the biggest football miracle in a Celtic sort of level that you've seen that would equal? us winning the league from this position. The only thing I can think of is 07 at this point. I was only young when I happened, but Love Street in 1986, I don't really remember it. I was too young, but I mean, Hearts only did a draw that day and we had to win by three goals. And that happened. So I can understand people saying, oh no, I mean, keep the faith, we can still do it. But I just can't see it happening. I mean, if we'd won the day, I think we probably would have won the league. I think we'd have got such massive confidence. We'd have went on a a rampage and just hammered teams. Rangers would have been in a blind panic. But it didn't happen. And I just can't see us winning the league. Maybe we'll get a a one-year Rangers to be like, all right, we'll see you next season. We'll be back. Like we used to do in the bloody old days when we were crap and... The season was done and we used to beat them in a meaningless game. Maybe we'll do that this season. But that isn't what Celtic should be. Now. We're the biggest team in Scotland. We're the best team in Scotland and we're just not showing it. It's crap. Who knows, John? Maybe we are to blame. We came back at a time when Celtic were going through a terrible bit of form. Maybe Gig Pod's arrival again has unsettled everybody in the Celtic world so much that they've just panicked and no known how to react. <laughs> I know, it's all these great these great guests, these great anecdotes we've got were, were too much for the man to deal with. And that's how Selick have responded. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's mad as well? Do you know this is a podcast that's been over half an hour? I mean, you've not got a nosebleed, are you alright? But we had to do a longer episode this time because we've been talking about this game since Gigpod returned. So we had to make a longer special New Year's Day episode, but unfortunately it's not a celebratory one. Uh, but I don't want anybody to get used to it because we will stick to our gimmick don't you just worry, we will stick to a half-hour gimmick going forward. Yes, when we review the Hibs game, we'll be back to the usual gimmick and hopefully we'll be celebrating a Celtic win. We'll be more cheery for once. Yeah, clone it back to 19 points, that'll be great. Oh, that's right, we'll look at 19 points behind again, great. We're back! Ah, <laughs> oh, man, right. I think we're going to sign off. Look, it was not our intention to have you guys listening and to be as depressed as us here, especially two days into 2021, a new year, leaving that awful 2020 behind us. But Celtic, unfortunately, 
have ensured that the miserable vibes at Gigpod will continue for maybe another 10 days or so. Let's just hope that we can give Hibs an absolute shoeing like Livingston did today. Me and Reedso will catch up with you soon. So please remember to review us and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stevie. Thanks for listening. And I'll let John say bye to you all. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. And Celtic will be back, don't worry. We're just meeting will be this season, maybe next season. Hail, hail, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.